Hey, and thank you for tuning in to Uninterrupted Conversations with Myself, or the arrows, me, myself, and I. <laughs> so I, um, I just want to say thank you, because you didn't have to tune in. It would probably really happen, let's be honest. You just happen to, like, stumble upon it. I get it. I appreciate you, still. <laughs> and I know that you're, you're hopefully still listening at this point. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so... Hey, once again, my name is Dominique, it's nice to um, have you listening to me. I was going to say talking, but it's just me. I wanted to say um, that I really wanted to start a podcast for the simple fact, like I I tried before and it didn't really work out, I'm going to be honest, it kind of bummed me out, but it's cool. So um, it's been since what, like September, October? And I was like, you know what? I want to continue this. I want to continue to open up because I feel like what I want to express and how I want to heal and how I want to like go through my journey in life is expressing myself in this way. So I definitely want to go forward doing so, doing what I want to do. I mean, if anything, I can listen to myself talk and kind of maybe keep it as a diary or something or a journal I guess is more appropriate of me just funny journal not a diary so I wanted to do this I've started um doing kind of conversations with myself well recording them (laughs) rather the conversations where I would just record what I say and, and talk as if I'm I'm talking with someone to I can express how I feel not that someone's there but like just talking as if I'm like in therapy and working my way through what I'm struggling with um probably about a year ago and I would go on these drives and there would be like 30 minutes here 30 minutes back so like an hour or so when I was like really just anxious or just really like depressed just needed to get out of the house but I didn't have anywhere I could go but I wanted to still talk as if I was talking to someone, if I had, you know, someone to meet up with, because usually this is, like, two or three in the morning, you know, no one's really up at that time, and I didn't really have a way to go about um, communicating with someone without feeling I was interrupting them, Um, and then I went on a trip over the summer, and I let some people listen to, you know, one of the conversations that I was having with myself, and they could hear like the beeping of my car not that I was driving recklessly but like you know you just get into like a little bit of close to the lane and it warns you like beep 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 you know and so they would make fun of me for it and, and once again I, I guess stated before like I tried to do this before and it didn't work out as unfortunately but I, I just wanted to do it um it's important to me to be able to um, have something I can listen back on on the times where I know I'm struggling or just maybe give these bits of myself to the universe where someone can, you know, find them and maybe it'll be helpful for someone else. Maybe we're going through a similar struggle or went through a similar similar struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? So with that being said, uh, let's do a little bit more, I guess, of of who I am, because you don't know who I am. I'm Dominique. I'm 27. 
Um, I am trying to learn how to love life at the moment. I feel like there's little glimmers here and there where I really appreciate life that I know it as it is, you know? Um, I'm going to be honest in this podcast. I'm going to say how I really feel about stuff and not really hold back my thoughts. I will let you know that sometimes it can get dark for the simple fact that I have trauma. And I know that it's not for everyone here, but for me to heal and to do what's best for myself um, is to tell my stories. Um, it just allow my thoughts to, to fully form and, and just get out everything I want. Right now, I'm not in therapy because my therapist is on maternity leave, <laughs> which is great. But I'm not taking medication just because I was trying to see if I would be okay, I guess. And I wasn't really getting anything from the medication that I was on. Um, it wasn't really making me feel like I was living. And I'm trying to go about life and really just navigate, like, what I want to do for myself. I feel like a lot of times in my life I've put a lot of other things or other people in front of what I want, but at this point in my life I really just want to do more for me in 2021, you know? Like, I feel like last year I spent a lot of time on my own, and this time I want to learn how to enjoy it more. I am in school. I am a mom. I am single. (laughs) I'm learning to, like I said, just, like, love my life. I love music. I like to shop, (laughs) especially when it comes to things for uh, decorating my house. I freaking love it. I like to spend time with my friends. Um, Just typical stuff, you know. I'm more of a homebody. I love to binge watch shows. I may talk about them. Um, If if it comes up, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, But yeah, so mainly this podcast, I know I've rambled and I will continue to ramble. It's been about uh, six or seven minutes of me rambling now, I guess. So thank you if you made it this far. But I want to talk more about who I am as a person and my struggles and my hopes, my dreams and everything in between just who I am. So, like I said, these conversations that I have with myself, they will be something that's true, something that's honest, something that I'm truly thinking in my head. So if I take a moment to pause, if I ramble on, that's literally me on the spot. I haven't really thought about these things through. I I think I'll make an outline for myself um, for each episode that I do decide to do and just really kind of stick with the topic, stick on the topic of everything 
Um, but with knowing myself, you have to know what's going on in my brain. So what's going on in my brain, um, I do have some mental illnesses and I will be honest about them. Um, so I have anxiety, depression, but I also have complex, complex, Jesus, <laughs> complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I can't talk if you haven't picked up on that by now. I, I do struggle with my words sometimes, so forgive me if I say something wrong. These are conversations with myself, uninterrupted. Like, come on, I'm trying. Alec and be is, is honest in me. But yeah, so I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and I also have borderline personality disorder. So with that being said, I feel like everyone kind of knows more about um, anxiety and depression, but um, with the CPTSD, that one, it kind of has gotten pushed aside the more I've come to understand my BPD. I'm going to be honest. Um, after a really bad breakup, I saw more like flashbacks and, and everything or just was very hesitant. You know, I would have these panic attacks or anxiety attacks and just not really know what I was going for in life. And it was hard for sleep. And I, I went and decided one day, I was like, you know what? I think it's been, you know, about six months since this event has happened. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and seek help. So I went to my doctor. I finally got, like, decent insurance on my own. Right? I didn't feel, you know, bad for going to all these appointments. But I, I went to a doctor and I was able to... Um, fill out, you know, that questionnaire that they asked, that 25 question, 25, uh, questions about, like, how you're feeling, do you feel tired, do you feel happy, do you feel sad, do you have thoughts of, like, killing yourself, all that stuff, you know, and I went through that, that list, and I scored very high, you know, <laughs> um, and I, I remember just having this conversation of like, yeah, I need help. I'm not doing good. I do not want to live. I do not find joy in life in itself. And it feels exhausting. I was exhausted, you know. So I was able to get Lexapro. And I started that off. And uh, in the meantime, I was able to find a therapist, which I think she's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so... I went ahead and I started everything for that, right? So I'm trying to do my best, and it's not working. I'm going to be honest, you know? I feel like I went about a year of really trying to understand what is going on, but I was like, you know, I understand what my therapist is saying. I understand what my doctors are saying when I'm going, you know, to the to my doctor's appointments and talking about my medicine. I went from five milligrams where you start off all the way up to, I think, 20 milligrams. And I was like, I just feel loopy. I just feel not myself. I just feel like everything is getting to be much. It, it wasn't helping. I felt like it was amplifying everything that I felt. And so I decided to really try sorry, I have to open up this drink, y'all, <laughs> to really try to just 
understand what was going on. And so I decided to go back to my therapist, back to my doctor, and I was like, hey, I don't think I'm getting better. You say you're not seeing any improvements. I'm still having the same issues. I've taken medicine at this point for my anxiety and stuff and my panic attacks and I feel like I'm not having those same issues so yeah I guess in a way Lexapro did help me not feel as anxious like I was so anxious to the point where like I couldn't um hold anything I couldn't talk I was very hesitant and scared that I was I was constantly walking on eggshells constantly getting stressed out constantly feeling overwhelmed with everything that I was I was dealing with you know And so, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm still having bad dreams. I've taken Prozen, or Prozen, or whatever it is, y'all. I don't know. I've taken that. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to therapy. I'm doing all my self-help stuff, self-care stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying, and nothing's working. So, like I said, I go back to my... Um, therapist i'm talking to you know my doctor they're working together they're saying yeah she's got something else she's got something else at this point i had tried to you know um, i had suicidal attempts a few times and it was getting bad to the point where like i i knew i was gonna succeed you know and gotten that to that point where i was getting disappointed the times that i did wake up afterwards i was and such a a bad place and so I'm I made the decision for myself for my kid for my family you know like okay get help so I go I take some more tests I'm talking to them and about what's going on and being just honest as possible I know that's scary it's really scary to be honest especially if you have mental health issues and being honest with your therapist and being honest with your doctor but like I knew I had to say something because I'm upset that I'm failing I'm upset I don't want to be around anyone talk to anyone everyone felt like they were just outsiders in my life or just intrusions that I didn't want to be bothered with but I would have to go to work and put on this smiley face of like oh no everything's fine everything's great how may I help you and then come home and just feel like this black energy surrounding myself that was so negative. And I was so mean to myself at that time in my life. I was saying so many things I would never say to anyone else. I was telling myself I was worthless, that I was scum, that no one's ever going to love me. That's why I was in all these relationships that didn't work out. All these. I had three. About <laughs> three main relationships. But like... These relationships really turned out where the person just didn't care for me. And I felt like I was giving myself to people in a way of, like, my time and my care. And not really receiving that nurturing love that my body and my soul craved, you know. And so I get my test done and everything. And they're telling me either you have borderline personality disorder, maybe you're bipolar, but, like, my highs were an extended high period of time for, you know, quite a while. And my lows, yeah, they were low, but I wasn't having that 
that opposite, you know? And so I passed, passed, goodness gracious. <laughs> I took the test for uh, BPD and I got about, I think, um, the majority of them. I can't remember the number. I don't know if it's five out of seven or seven out of nine. I'm sorry. I was too short of whatever the number was. I can't remember right now. And when she was going over all the symptoms and everything, fear of abandonment, anger issues, um, feeling like things are completely black or white, there's no in between, um, having someone that you attached yourself to, you know, um, like a favorite person, which is called, um, not really feeling like yourself don't you don't know who you are who this is you know this realization or uh, dissociation where I'm, I'm kind of zoning out I'm not really there you know all these things that she's saying they're making sense they're making sense for me and I'm listening to everything that she has to say I'm, I'm really just like wow I've never had it explained in this way for me before where it just makes sense, you know, and I'm, I'm looking up the symptoms, because I don't want to get anything wrong, um, because I, I know what I have, but it says emotional instability, feelings of worthlessness, insecurity, impulsivity, and impaired social relationships, um, antisocial behavior, hostility, irritability, risking, uh, risk-taking behaviors, self-destructive behavior, self-harm, self, uh, social isolation or lack of restraint. Then you have like anger, anxiety, general discon- discontent, um, guiltiness, loneliness, mood swings or sadness, depression, disoriented self-image or narcissism, and then thoughts of suicide. So like all of those things, I mean, there's, there's nine like main questions, like seven or nine main questions. And basically like, I was like, yeah, this, this, uh, yeah, like, I felt like for the first time when she was saying all these symptoms, I felt like I was being hurt for the first time where I felt like, no, this makes sense. Now, the CPTSD, it makes sense. Like, I've gone through a plethora, <laughs> if you will, of, of traumatic events that I wouldn't wish on anybody. That makes sense. Yes, it does. I get it. But, like, my way of thinking, my reactions, the hopelessness and just emptiness I felt overall, I was like, I'm finally having someone say the answer that I've been screaming out into the crowd. You know, like, this is the answer. Somebody say it. You know, I felt heard, understood. Like, and so I've had my diagnosis now for BPD for... Uh, I got it last May, so we're in January right now, so I'm close to a year, and I'm still learning about it. I'm still understanding, I'm still dealing with, you know, it's like I'm, I'm learning new pieces, new words, and my language that I already talk, new vocabulary. That's what it feels like, you know, like, it's it's there, it's in my language, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, I'm connecting the dots, so like, oh yeah, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, you know, kind of, of moments in my life, like, aha moments in my life, and so, dealing with that, I 
went ahead and I started really thinking about how I feel in the moment. How something is, is trying to understand where it's coming from, why I feel this way. I feel as if I'm emotionally intelligent and self-aware. And every time I go to my my doctor or therapist, whatever have you, they always say, oh, you're so self-aware. And the problem with self-awareness is I know where the problem is at, and yet I can't fix it. It's like you're watching yourself crumble. And I feel like a lot of times, like, I'm the main character and the extra, if you will, you know, at the same time. Like, how does that make sense? So let me try to explain. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm living my life, and I see it and feel it, and I'm, I understand everything, but then I feel like I take a second back, and I'm looking from the side of both myself as a character and the person that I'm involved with as a character, you know, so I'm watching and I'm living all at the same time, so I have the logical side of my brain and the emotional side of my brain, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, why are you crying hysterically, why are you having a panic attack, what is happening, who hurt you, you know, I'm saying all these things to myself, and then my emotional side is just sobbing, tears. I wouldn't end it all. They freaking hate me, you know, like all this and the third. And I'm off the rails, but then I'm trying to calm myself down. And I could just see myself like, no, 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 don't, don't self-sabotage your entire relationship. Like, what are you doing? They love you. They care about you. Oh, no, no, don't cut everybody off. Like, don't do that. Don't delete all your social media and then just go out. Like, I'm telling myself this at the same time that I'm just like, no, I'm just going to do it. It's this internal struggle that I'm dealing with at this point. And it's hard. And then... (sighs) My fear of abandonment. And that's, that's what I didn't talk about. Fear of abandonment is huge with BPD, especially with me. That's my number one. I am terrified. I will have the biggest meltdown. Like, like I'm a child being left alone, like a puppy just being left by their owner. If the person that I care about is gone and just leaves. And it only amplifies it that I've been in relationships where the person just left and something bad happened when they were gone. Or they just left out of my life and I never heard from them again. And that's fucking hard. It's so hard. Because I've tried to express to people, hey, I have a fear of abandonment. It's really, really bad. I'm trying to explain to you how I'm going to feel, and I would appreciate if you would, like, you know, give me a heads up if you're not going to talk to me or communicate with me. But it's like, it goes over their head, and I'm triggered by it, Ex- extremely triggered. I would, I'm bombed, I don't, I don't know where the strong enough, like, my whole world is completely shattered in that moment. 
I've had fear of abandonment since I was a child. Because when I was left alone, bad things would happen. When I was left alone with other people or by myself. And when I got into relationships, I was I was married before. And so when I when I was married, he would leave and he would either be gone out of the country or gone away for work or going to see friends, but it was never that. There was more to it that happened. And I knew those things were happening and I was just like, I'm being left alone and this is what you're doing. And I tend to cling on to people when I feel like I'm being abandoned. So I would just go into more like calling, like, don't do this. Don't make this decision. Please stop. Please stop. Let me, let me have you phone a friend. Let me call your family member. Let me like, Hey, have you seen them? Can you tell them to come back home? Like, and they're thinking possibly, I don't know. They're thinking it's no big deal. I'm just doing what I want to do. You know, but clearly something bad is happening. But I honestly think the worst one is when you try really hard not to latch on. So the, the relationship that I had after my divorce was really strong, very loving, very kind, as I thought. And he and I were planning on moving in together. The day that he went to go sign is the last time I ever heard from him. I haven't heard from him since. And that was really hard for my favorite band. I mean, I'll be honest, because I was sitting there thinking, like, Oh, we're going to move in together. Oh, he he told... And I'm not... A lot of times you have to think back to yourself and you've had people play mind games with you or gaslight you or just have extreme narcissism. Like You have to just think, like, did I miss something? Is there something that I missed? Is there something that I'm not picking up on? Did I miss a clue? My observation is anyone who has... Uh, been through trauma especially when they were younger can tell you they see everything and you try your hardest not to miss a hair like you try your hardest to remember and think because you can only tell yourself especially if you've been gaslit before like no this is right I know I know I'm right I know I'm not crazy I know I know you want that validation from yourself so I'm sitting here he asked me to move in with him you know let's get a place together I'm like okay cool he asked me you know like okay are you ready to get out of your apartment I'm finding a new job for myself I'm doing everything I'm supposed to on my end my lease is up his lease is up okay we go to move like I I move in with my mom for a bit I'm thinking, okay, well, cool. I've never seen this house, but I'm just trusting, blind, trusting this man. And I'm waiting and waiting. And he's like, yeah, like, I want to, I, you know, I feel weird showing my 
girlfriend our house. I want to show my fiance. Like, I want to get married. I want you to um, just be in surprise. I want you to trust me. I'm trusting this man. He, I'm asking him, like, are you sure we're going to move in together? Like, something just doesn't feel right. And, like, you know when the universe is telling you, don't be boo-foo the fool? Like, stop. Like, what are you doing? And my intuition was so heightened at this point where I knew and I was thinking everything for me not to constantly ask and I would ask every time we were on the phone like hey um are we good is everything good with the house like are we moving in together like are we good so like I said day uh we talked to oh excuse me let me back up day before night before less than 12 hours if you will from the time he tells me he's supposed to be assigning the house um we're talking we're talking about my thoughts on us his thoughts on us he's saying he wants to get married he's like i can't wait to see you tomorrow da, 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 da. all of this stuff that as he's expressing i'm not trying to pull it out of him he's saying on his own day that he's supposed to sign for the house i never hear from him again excuse me no that's a lot i heard from him from one email after i i yes i emailed i emailed um <laughs> and i was like hey like are you good is everything okay is like, your phone messed up you know whatever and he's like i've been trying to call you you haven't contacted me and like that's it ladies and gentlemen uh these nums um every that's it so my fear of abandonment at that time was at an all-time high. And I haven't fully recovered from it since. I'm going to be honest. If someone tells me, if like, you want to hang out with me, I will do everything in my power not to text you. I'm going to time to hanging out. When you show me that I can text you one time or call you one time and then you show up. I won't have to do it. But the moment where like plans change or times gets pushed back, like I'm just like, well fuck it. Like I guess this is it. This is this is, is what it is. And so dating now as a single person and knowing my knowledge of my mental health. And knowing the things that make me trigger, or things that trigger me, it's extremely hard. Because, like, I will not let someone love bomb me. And I try not to love bomb anyone else either, because I hate it. I get so attached to just the idea, sometimes, of things. And especially if the words are there, the actions are there, and then you just stop talking, that hurt. Because I'm like, dang, like, am I making the right decision? Am I doing the right thing about trying to get back out there again? I don't know. I don't know. And that's so hard. Because I don't know if I'm trying enough, too much. I don't know if... Just if you don't know what love bombing is, I guess I should start by saying that it's like when you first talk to someone and you are doing 
everything right. Like, you're, hey, good morning, how are you? How you doing, babe? Like, yeah, let's talk on the phone, let's do this. Let me call you, let me FaceTime you, let me hang out with you, let me do all these things for you, let me show you my romantic side, let me do all of these things, and then, gone. Like, what do you, what do you mean, we're nothing? What are you talking about? We were never together. Or they just ghost you. And so I... (laughs) I will admit I'm the worst person to talk to in the beginning. Because I don't text. I'll be honest. I don't save numbers either. Like, I will text you every once in a while. If you text me, be like, hey. I'll be like, hey. What are you doing? Oh. (laughs) Like, I'm doing this. But if you just want to text me and not talk on the phone, like, I don't want to do that. I can't connect with you, you know? And I will I will admit, like, I am a sucker for a good conversation. Hell, I can even have one with myself. But I'm, I'm glad to know that someone is showing the same interest as me. Like, I'm... If you want to call me, you want to text, like, you have free range. Like, if I'm into you, like, call me when you want. Maybe, like, text me when you want to. FaceTime me when you want to. Like, I am years for the taking. But when all of that stops out of nowhere, it's like, dang, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? And it, that hurts. It's weird, right? So, I know we've all experienced love bombing. So, yeah. So, that with the fear of abandonment is hard, you know, while I'm dating. Because it's just, like, I can only tell the person, like, a little bit at a time. I can only say, like, hey, um, are you good? Like, are we good? But then you feel, like, awkward because, like, you you're not in a relationship with that person, you know? So you can't really say, like, oh, are you good with how things are? Like, you can't really do that. You just have to kind of sit there and be like, oh, okay, well. Um, all right, well, yeah, just, just talk to me whenever you get a chance, I guess. You know? And then becomes nothing after that, which is sad because, like, you've... Um, gotten a little bit accustomed to how things are and that's that's a hard part of a love bombing too like you get accustomed to these standards that they've set or you've set you know depending on who's doing the love bombing and then you just kind of get tired of the excitement of it all and it's I don't want to say that it's natural it freaking sucks but like I understand it I get it like, but then I'm like, dang, was I not shiny enough? Am I not, like, squeaky enough? Like, am I not a boy to play with still? You know? It freaking sucks, but... Yeah, so right now, just dealing with the fear of abandonment on top of that is, is definitely hard. And it's been draining. And, like, I will be honest. Like, I don't have really many notifications on my phone I have it, like, on Do Not Disturb after, like, 10. I I try to do everything on my, my own just to kind of, like, keep myself distracted and live my life without thinking about other people when it comes to relationships because, like, I'm scared that, like, 
my mental health is gonna block me from finding someone because like I don't know if I'm gonna have an episode during a talking stage or if I'm gonna get triggered on the first conversation when I really think this dude is cool and like we've been texting or whatever and we do talk on the phone and then he says something out of pocket or I say something about my mental health and he's just like what and I'm like what <laughs> what did he say you know <laughs> like it's hard and when you have BPD like you have or you want your favorite person to be there um and I don't have a favorite person right now my you know I'm I've I believe I've detached myself from my old favorite person but not having one it's like not having an owner or a parent or which I have I have a parent but like just a, a person to imprint on like you don't have that person and so right now I just feel overwhelmed I feel so exhausted when it comes to talking to people and putting in effort because I'm just like, you're not my person. I know you're not my person. And the moment that I think, oh, this could be a person, then I'm thinking, oh, dang, but what if they take advantage of the fact that they're my person? Like, what if I have that again? Because, like, when you have your favorite person, like, I know with me, like, you could do just about whatever. And I'll be like, oh, no, it's fine. It's okay. Like, I'll make you feel comfortable for hurting my feelings. And that's how I, I get myself in these situations. I'm gonna be... I See, I know. <laughs> like, I know. I'm aware that... Um, I'm aware of where I fucked up at. And I just... I want to be with a person that doesn't take advantage of that um that side of me because I work really hard on like my self-care and I meditate and I you know when I'm in a bad situation or I feel myself just falling off again and I'm so worried about like relapsing and I'm so worried I'm gonna go, like, to the hospital again. And I'm so worried that I'm gonna hurt my family. And I'm always worried about that. I'm always worried about what's gonna happen and what's gonna go next. You know? And so... I'm trying my hardest when it comes to... Valuing my life and who I am, but... What happens afterwards? Like, I, that, that's where I'm at the point right now in my life where I'm thinking, like, I need to learn not just to live life, but to love it. And when you have BPD, your emotions are already heightened. Like, where everyone's at, like, a 10 on a daily basis, people with BPD are already at 80 and so a little bit of stress or one bad thing happens in the morning a normal person would probably go to like 20 30 a person with bpd completely overwhelmed completely overwhelmed and 
I am overwhelmed. I am stressed. I'm worrying that I'm constantly messing up. I'm constantly not gonna do my best or fail at everything. I get worried with every sentence that I say. I'm gonna push somebody away. I'm gonna do something stupid. Say something stupid. Or I'm not gonna answer the phone quick enough. Or text back quick enough for the people that I do care about. And they're gonna think that I'm mad at them or upset with them. I'm aware that I'm constantly um, putting myself in situations where I can't get out of. Or opening up to the wrong person. And I don't want to have to worry about that. I want to be just normal and not have that part of me. But then I think, like, maybe my BPD is a blessing in itself. I feel everything so intensely that when my highs are high, they're so high. The feel euphoric but not in a manic way but more as I can feel every piece of it not that I'm happy but I could just you know when you hear that piece of song or you taste that food or whatever that feeling is for you and you just allow yourself to sit in the moment sit in the pocket of that feeling those emotions you take in the smell the taste the light the emotion of it all i feel that so when something is good it is so good but when it's bad it's bad <laughs> and then she's thoughts come next and it's like a constant battle every single day but, like, I have to try, at least. Because I'm not doing my best and not trying. You know, for 26, close to 27 years of my life. Really, 27, because I'm about to be 28. So, 27 years of my life, I had given to my, like, depression and anxiety and really just letting all my intrusive thoughts take over me and it's exhausting and it feels so good sometimes to go to something so familiar doesn't it like it's so easy for me to slip back into my depression slip back into that warm comforting piece of of not wanting to be alive my view and death has changed forever. I will no longer view death in the way that I'm scared anymore. And I knew then, like, I had to make some changes in my life when I started viewing death as a comfort and not something that I should be scared or worried about. And, um, but yeah, when. when you think about it all as I do it's exhausting and so I'm trying this year to just 
be honest with myself, feel how I feel, talk about it, and go to the next, you know? That's all I can do. That's all I can really do because there's nothing really otherwise that I can gravitate to at the moment. So forever long I am in this simulation called life, I will continue to try. But yeah, so it's been about 45 minutes <laughs> now of me talking. And I keep looking at the clock like, do I go for an hour or do I stop? And I think I'm going to leave you wanting more. <laughs> but yeah, no, I appreciate if you've listened this far. Um, thank you for listening to me ramble on about different things and just really letting me get my thoughts out. I'm not even going to lie, this is therapeutic for me. And I feel a lot better at the end of this conversation, and I hope that you guys do too. Um, I know I had a weird kind of start. I was a little um, nervous. <laughs> now that I'm closing, I'm a little nervous too. But thank you once again for listening to me go on about my thoughts, my experiences, and my life, and the journey that I hope to go on. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to put up another episode, but I'm going to hold it to myself um, to do so. And um, if you guys are having like any suicidal thoughts or just dealing or just in a really rough place, take care of yourself. Like in a mob way, but like... (laughs) Take care of yourself and be honest and as honest as you are comfortable with and get help or just try to do a little bit here and there each day. It'll go a really long way. I'm trying not to rhyme, sorry. But yeah, thank you once again and again and again and again, as I'll say constantly, for tuning in and listening to me and talk. Um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful day, night morning, whatever have you, thanks a lot, I appreciate it, bye!